0: Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com join and becoming a Talko Supremo. Marilyn Monroe once said, give a girl the right pair of shoes and she can conquer the world. The confidence women must feel when they are wearing the perfect pair of shoes must be intoxicating, beaming confidence with each downward step. But occasionally, this confidence can attract some unwanted attention. Jerry Brutos was obsessed with women's shoes. And as you'll hear in this story, he would stop at nothing. And I mean nothing to get his hands on the perfect pair.
1: Welcome to Talk Murder to Me.
2: Oh, my God, I'm so happy to be here right now. It's It's Friday. Not even funny. I had a really rough day today. I'm sorry.
0: Cassie commented on the Brooke Schuyler case. I can see people already becoming apoplectic. Apocalyptic. Apoplectic.
2: Apocalyptic.
0: Apoplectic.
2: Apocalyptic. Apoplectic. Apoplectic.
0: Apoplectic Because. apocalyptic including all the crime junkie folks so i looked up apocalyptic and it means to overcome with anger
1: oh not, so they're uh, not oh i we we misheard what you said
0: so they're pissed because they don't know the details because they don't do any damn research
2: I know. Kudos to you, John. I mean, we had so many people reach out to us after this verdict came through. It was like, did you see what happened? Because it was Team John.
0: Team John.
2: See, I can't. I'm actually surprised. Like, I'm so glad, but I'm a little surprised that she got a not. That's one of our
0: top downloaded episodes right now because it's so popular but i do want to say as all these other podcasters and true crime bloggers and whatnot go back and change their episodes because they were on the burn in hell burn the witch she's a witch and now they feel bad because she was found innocent she, Which was, she should be.
1: She was also weighing in at a whopping 89 pounds during her trial and after her oh release was sent to a facility so she could get treatment for her. ADHD. Wow.
2: I didn't see that part.
0: I don't have to go back and change my episode. You know why? Because I did my mother shit in research. And yeah, at first when I started the episode, I was like, burn this witch. Oh, my God. But then you do 20, 40, 50 minutes of research and you're like, wow, she's getting railroaded hard. She's fucking innocent. And it's not just me that's saying that. It's 12 peers forming a jury that saw all the facts. So I'm so glad our justice system is working right. They At did technically functional.
2: convict her of um, – uh, what was it? The last charge. Desecrating
1: a body? No.
2: Yeah, yeah like in – Improper disposal oh, or, or improper disposal. whatever. Um, so she could get six months or a year in prison, but uh, I think the sentencing for that was actually today. Yeah,
0: I do my research, guys. I would not put out something if I didn't think it was correct. And I was probably the only motherfucking person on the planet to put out support for that girl.
2: You were one of the few, I think.
0: You know? And look I saw now. a lot
2: of uh, other posts look out there that now. was like... The devil,
1: and things like that. Look at it
0: now. Like Chris Brown says, look at me now, that song.
1: I'm getting paper.
0: Paper, look at me now. She's innocent because I did my research. T-R-U-T-H-E. All right. I've already been drinking.
1: (laughs) Congrats, Team John. Yeah, I'm I'm behind. I'm a little jealous.
2: Catch up, Jen. There's another beer behind you, I think.
0: So thank you, Cassie, for that. I am glad you support my decisions. See, I know I'm kind of I kind of got an affinity for the lady killers out there. But, you know, I'm glad to see our justice systems working right. I don't think she should have been imprisoned and she wasn't. And once you lay out the evidence, instead of just looking at headlines on the Daily Mail, then you see that she's actually innocent.
2: Welcome, Amy. Amy's from North Dakota, isn't she?
0: Amy, North Dakota, the killer tonight, is from South Dakota. Oh, shit, I should— Well, well, it doesn't take place in South Dakota. (laughs) We're not starting the story in South Dakota, so don't even guess that one.
2: South Dakota!
0: But, hey, Amy, you're the ones with that big monument, right, about the presidents?
1: Oh, you mean Mount Rushmore?
0: Yeah, Mount Rushmore. You know, I was thinking the other day when I was watching Ancient Aliens— That that
2: that was created by ancient aliens? No,
0: no, I'm not saying that, but, you know, how we got Stonehenge and all those. Like, what if 10,000 years from now, these humans look at Mount Rushmore and are like, damn, those are definitely aliens (laughs) that came down and did that.
1: Definitely possible. I'd be willing to bet that that's probably going to happen.
0: Megan agrees with me. She loves ancient aliens, and she believes everything that they put on there.
1: You would, Megan. You would.
0: All right. You got some people who want you to shout them out.
1: All righty. So if you are part of our Taco Supremo group on Facebook, you see a post that John put out. If you wanted me to shout you out during the surprise shot song, um, you had to, com- uh, had to comment, quote, me, comma, me, end quote.
0: Yeah. So you got three people. Now, if you no, comment. No,
1: only one person commented no
0: but i i will allow them
1: i am going to give them an honorary mention but you guys need to be better about following directions (laughs) (laughs) do exactly what we say oh that was a little spooky thank you jenna for following instructions
0: thank you the rest of you
1: (laughs) thank you thank you cassie and whitney for for wanting to be a part of my surprise shot song Surprise shots! Surprise shots! Here's one for Jenna, Cassie, and Witt. Cheer, cheer! Cheers!
0: Cheers. Oh, that wasn't bad.
1: I'm not sure if we've done this one before or not. Rum? Yes. Vanilla. Cherry vanilla? Wrong. This is Topper's banana, vanilla, cinnamon flavor. Ooh. I ran into our friend from Topper's Rum at our favorite. Liquor shop who are not, not officially our sponsors, but soon will be. Please, we're poor. And yeah, it's yeah.
0: actually the, the son, right? Yes, what's his name again? I, I, didn't, it's, didn't uh, I think I it's Colt. Yeah, he's a cool, dude. His family owns uh, Topper's Rum and they make that shit in like Jamaica, don't they? St. Martin, yeah. Ooh. All
1: right, what are we drinking tonight, guys? Oh, I don't know, Jen. You tell me. All right, so we are drinking blue raspberry stilettos. Which is. Wow. Yeah, the hint was uh, blue raspberry and scissors, right? My tongue is going to be green.
0: Scissors. Blue, I mean. What?
1: Was it not scissors? <laughs>
0: scissors. <laughs> was it not that? Scissoring. The thing cars, right? Scissoring. Alice and I talked and we really opened up to each other and then we scissored all night long.
1: You have to be careful with scissors.
0: No. <laughs> Where
1: did I get scissors from? What the
0: fuck? Do you even listen to what I send you?
1: You don't listen to what I say when I'm it in the same room as you. It was literally
0: car parts. The oh. hint was car, car parts.
2: <laughs>
1: but maybe there were some lesbian undertones. We don't know. Yes. Okay, so anyway, the the hints tonight were car parts and high heels. And uh, so we're drinking blue raspberry stilettos, which is uh, made up of... UV blue vodka, lemonade. It asked for blue raspberry mix, but I couldn't find any at Harris teeter. So I ended up getting blue raspberry Kool-Aid. That works.
0: It's very good. Very tasty. I'm also, for this episode, wearing, wearing a pair of Nicole's high heels tonight.
2: I don't have many high heels.
0: And they are starting to hurt my feet.
2: My toes are still numb for my mom's wedding.
1: You should probably get that checked out. I know. It's probably a problem. I should, I should probably throw those shoes out. I I had a foot problem this week, too. I stepped on something outside when I went to help Nicole unload the groceries because I wasn't wearing shoes. Uh-oh. And I had a splinter in my foot, and I like couldn't put weight on my foot, so I had to do surgery on my foot by myself.
2: Well, that's good. See, this is what happens when John doesn't take in the groceries.
0: It's probably really infected. Yeah, probably so right anyway, tonight the hint was car parts, which... I shouldn't even have made that a hint because I got Too two obvious. girls at this table and they have no idea about car parts.
1: I take offense to that. <laughs> it's an oil filter, right?
0: How are you taking offense to that, Jen? Because. You,
1: uh,
0: okay. Well, all right. Well, tell me how a cylinder works.
1: A cylinder. I can't tell you how it works, but I could probably identify it. It's part of the engine. You have six, cyli- six cylinder engines or eight cylinder engines or four cylinder engines. Well, well,
0: how big is yours? What does that even mean, Jen?
1: It just affects how you run how the car runs.
0: <laughs> how much how, how much horsepower your car gets. She's doing better than I can. Uh what does horsepower mean?
1: Horsepower means the amount of power it would take for horses to um get to the like to pull the thing.
0: You know, every time you see a carriage in Charleston, if it's got one horse pulling it is it's, one horsepower. Yeah. If it's got two, it's two, two horsepower. horsepower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Not really. What does a radiator do?
1: It cools the car. It's the the temperature regulation system. For what? For the engine.
0: What does a manifold do?
1: <laughs> that I don't know, I but I it. don't know if that's actually part of a car.
0: <laughs> if I threw the word "man" in there, <laughs> okay. All right. If you're still listening to this, the hint tonight was car parts and high heels, which those things go together quite well because I work on cars and I'm currently wearing high heels. So there you go. Nicole, where are we going and who are we killing tonight?
2: I think we're going to Nevada this evening.
0: Ooh, uh, It's pronounced Nevada, but go ahead. Is it? No. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so I, I'm i not sure if we're going to Vegas or Reno. But I think it has to do with a, um, high, like, a prostitute who is murdered by a mechanic.
1: Ooh, interesting. I'm going to say that we're going to go to Daytona and the murder happens to a woman who is at a NASCAR race.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. like the, um, the wheel comes off the tire and then kills the woman? That actually happens. In the movie Rubber? <laughs> Have you seen that? No. <laughs> what? What? There's a movie called Rubber where the tire is the killer. The
1: tire's evil.
0: And the tire oh, just goes around and that. kills people. It's such a great movie. Anyway, those are good guesses
2: good as in possibly accurate
0: you know we're doing this story for Sarah from Portland and nobody guessed Portland shit
1: because every time we try to guess the place that they're from you're like it doesn't have to be the place that they're from
0: (laughs) damn it Sarah
1: just kidding Sarah we love you
0: shouted her out Sarah from Portland.
2: I forgot you did say that last episode.
0: <laughs> I wish you guys could have just guessed that. Oh, it was pretty
1: obvious. You said the last time that we tried to guess the t- the towns and places that they're from too much and not to do that anymore. So what do you want us to do, John? Do you want us to do what you said <laughs> then or do what you say now? Because it's the same John and it's the same man and you want us to listen to the man, but we can't. We confuse us. This is why we need to take down the patriarchy and oh. get, take Take away men's speaking privileges.
0: Guys, go to and just- to see the episode post. Share this post. Share these pictures. I'm putting all the pictures I find.
2: Also, if you have not liked us on social media, what the heck are you waiting for? We post some funny shit, so please do that. Yeah,
0: and rate us on uh, iTunes. I'm also for the patriarchy. So we're going to uh, January twenty sixth, 1968. Oh. Hmm. We're going to Portland, Oregon. This is Linda Slawson. Go to talkmore.com to see pictures. The year was 1968. Now, what do you think her occupation is? What occupation would have her walking around the Portland streets during a flood of rain at, in the evening time around dinner time? Prostitute. A, a tour guide. Knocking on doors.
1: Jehovah's Witness.
2: Male lady. Not during dinner time vacuum saleswoman
0: i know you guys are too young to understand this i'm going to try to explain what these are mary Kay. there are these things milk you could probably Ladies? ask your grandpa what they are they're a collection about 26 leather-bound books they're called encyclopedias Oh, they have all kinds of knowledge in them from from the war to which one was aliens. she selling britannica Linda Slawson, a nineteen-year-old, she was an encyclopedia salesman. Now the problem, saleswoman. The pro? Well, no, it was salesman during that time.
1: Yeah, but she's a woman, so saleswoman.
0: Yeah, but that it was. i mean, it was 1968. Salesman. But she's not a man. But that term wasn't invented in 1968. At nineteen-year-old Linda Slawson, she was going up this uphill battle because, yeah, the internet wasn't around. I get it. And people wanted to learn. And not only that, if you put encyclopedias in your house, it has been proven from studies by the encyclopedia company that your kids will be smarter. But here's the problem. People can't afford them. They're too much money. I remember my dad used to have a set of them.
1: We, had, we did, too. Yeah, we did, too. We had multiple sets, but some of them were mix matched.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Jen. We're not rich here. You and your multiple sets. Oh, they're a mixed match. That's even worse. (laughs) Uh, The houses she was going to, no one was buying them because the people that wanted them, the middle class to lower class Americans who actually needed them can't afford them. Okay? Just go to a rich neighborhood. Easy. Knock on the doors. They already got them. It's a losing battle. And... She was out hustling in the rain trying to sell these damn encyclopedias. But she did find someone who was very interested in buying these en- in buying these encyclopedias this night.
2: The serial killer.
0: It's pouring down rain. She's trying to sell these damn encyclopedias. She's got them in her car. You know, she brings in a little sample. This guy opens the door. Come on in. Come on. It's raining. Come on in. Come on in. She's like, "Thank God." I'm really interested in buying some encyclopedias, is what the guy tells her. Just come down to my basement.
2: Yes, yes, come down into my lair.
0: Yeah, it's kind of shady, but nothing's going to happen because, yeah, you're going down to the basement. What's he going to do with his wife, his son and daughter upstairs? I mean, down in the basement, you could still hear the footprints on top, you know, because they're walking.
2: Where there's a dungeon and the secret trap door.
0: Well, they're walking. The wife is walking. You can hear it. So she's fine. So she's just sitting down there. Until she's not fine. And it's kind of sad. I was thinking about this. Her last words were most likely somewhere in her rehearsed pitch of these encyclopedias. Oh, no. Which kind of fucked if you think about it. She was talking about uh, your kids will grow up smarter and all this stuff. And then that was it. I mean, just like that, her life is over. Before she knew it, the man that invited her in saying that he was really interested in buying these encyclopedias for his kids, for his young daughter and his young son, who were upstairs, takes a two-by-four, which is a board, mm. and hits her on the back of the head with it. The guy that we're talking about tonight actually testified when he was interrogated. He, he admitted everything in great detail. So we're going to go ahead and read that. The detective's talking to this guy. And he asked her about her clothes. What kind of clothes was she wearing? Well, she had on a blue brazier, a slip, which I had to look up what a slip was
1: something you wear (laughs) under your dress so you can't see your panty lines.
0: Yeah, I I got a bunch of weird results when I looked that up, (laughs) but we'll go with that. Um, A girdle, which I thought it was something to cook eggs with. (laughs) You put eggs on the girdle. Oh, (laughs) put some eggs on the girdle. (laughs)
1: <laughs> a girdle is, like... The- Helps to keep your shape.
0: <laughs> I've been learning a lot tonight. <laughs>
1: Makes you suck in your fat. Yeah. All
0: right, so she she had a blue brassiere, a slip, and a girdle, and also red panties. Now, he remembers everything she wore because he liked it a lot. Because he
2: took her clothes off, clearly.
0: This is the first victim. Usually, I don't start at the first victim, but this episode... You know, we're starting at the first victim because you can really see the progression. Now, this is what he said. She had a blue brassiere slip and girdle and red panties. I dressed her and undressed her like she was a big doll. I tried on some other things from my private collection. His wife actually knocks on the basement door. Now, he tell, he, he's told his wife multiple times, don't come in here. Which was a problem because the freezer was in the basement. Mm. And, you know, she's got to cook dinner. And so what he would tell her is, you just tell me what you want to cook and I'll bring it out of the freezer for you and I'll hand it to you. But that doesn't really work sometimes because sometimes she just wants to stand there, open the freezer and get ideas about what to make. But she knocks on the basement door and interrupts this whole thing. He goes upstairs and, he's, and he says... Here's five dollars. Take yourself and the kids to McDonald's or wherever. Get a hamburger. But make sure you eat it there. And she was protesting. It's raining outside. Would you want me driving? It's rain. Slide all over the road with your kids. Just go. Give me a hamburger. Eat there. And then when you come back with my hamburger, just knock on the what should you know, you knock on the floor with your foot. Because she's upstairs, so if you bang on the the floor, he'll know that you're home. Right. So she, at this time in the marriage, which we'll get to, she was just like, whatever, dude. Give me the money.
2: (laughs) I'll take my McDonald's fries. You know what I'm saying?
0: He's a strange dude anyway. So she really didn't think anything of it. I couldn't keep her there. There was my mother and my wife, and they would have found out. So early in the morning, about 2 a.m., I loaded her into the car and took her to a bridge over the Willamette. It's the river there. I took the jack out of the car so it would look like I had a flat and I threw her over. Now, one thing about this girl her body was never found. Oof. Okay. This man killed four women that we know of.
2: Serial killer.
0: OK, Yes. In, in a year period, 68 to 69, killed four. This was the first. Her body was never found. If they did find it, they would find that she only has one foot. Because. Oh, no. When he gets to the bridge, it's 2 a.m. To dump her body. Shit. She doesn't have anything I could keep. Fuck, I got a hacksaw on the, in the damn trunk. I'm just going to saw her foot off. He saws her left foot off, and the reason he cuts the left foot off is because he's right-handed. That's what he says. That's his, like, logic behind that. And for about a month later, the foot was in his freezer, and every once in a while, he'll pull the foot out and put, and try different shoes on it, different high heels and stilettos, oh. and then he would masturbate with the foot. Okay, oh. so he's got
1: a foot fetish. It's a yeah. little bit... <laughs> it's definitely a foot fetish. A <laughs> little bit further than a foot fetish.
2: Well, I'm just... Like, yeah. if it was any old serial killer, they might take a necklace or a lock of hair. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to yeah. be a fucking foot. That's a large memento.
1: Well, it depends on how, foot her, how big her foot was.
2: Well, that's just a lot of commitment to a memento. It's not like you can sort of it away in a little box. Like, you gotta get... Keep that shit in the freezer, otherwise it's gonna yeah. stank like John Wayne Gacy's crawlspace.
0: So i I mentioned on the Facebook group, uh, you know, you guys thought John Wayne Gacy was sick. Yeah, what, he was. What I just told you was nothing. All right, this guy <sighs> is a Egg legit human. sicko, and it's it's actually really hard reading reading the book. Now, tonight, does
2: this person have a three name moniker?
0: They all got three name monikers.
1: Well, except for Ted Bundy.
0: Even Brooke Schuyler Richardson has a three-name moniker. He
1: does. That's Jeffrey only, Dahmer doesn't.
0: The only reason they do that is to differenti- differentiate themselves from, like, regular people who don't want to be associated with a serial killer. John Michael Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I give myself a three-name moniker. Did you guys know that you can get married at Taco Bell for
1: $600? I
2: saw that on Facebook, actually.
0: Tonight we are reading an Ann Rule book. You know how much I love Ann Rule. She I do. is the best crime writer out there. Was. Well she's yeah, she's dead now. Um the book is called Lust Killer. Tonight we are talking about someone with a fetish, and that fetish is high heels. And it is Mr. Jerry Brutos. Now he was on Mindhunter, the new season for you guys. As a, I mean, not the real guy, obviously. But he is known as the Lust Killer and the Shoe Fetish Slayer. Ooh! Now he is Ooh. dead. Now he died of uh, liver cancer, which we're going to get into. But that's him. This is him as when he was killing people. That's what he looks like. creepy. And that's his Mind Hunter character. So he had an obsession with women. And he was stilettos. married with kids. He was married. He has a daughter, Megan, and a son. Okay. And they were young when all this happened. And he had a wife. Actually, much like Edmund Kemper, what was the one thing you can tell me about Edmund Kemper right now? He hates his mother. mother. Yeah. So does this guy. He has a visceral—that's a badass word right there. Yes. A visceral hate for his mother and for good reason. But that transferred into a pure hatred of women in general. But the one thing about this guy— is he actually really loved his wife, adored his wife. He was born and raised in South Dakota, January thirty first, 1939. He had one brother named Larry. This is—so we're talking about Jerry Brudos. He has a brother named Larry. Now, his real name is Jerome, so don't get it twisted.
1: Jerome.
0: You, why don't you read this quote, Nicole? This will really give the episode some spark. Go ahead and read this.
2: Jerome Brudos is the personification of cold, deliberate evil, said Benton County, Oregon District Attorney David Logan. And I'm glad he's not living anymore. He was like a two-headed snake or a chicken with five legs. Why God created that type of creature, I have no idea.
0: I didn't know there were chickens with five legs. This whole goings-on is when the wife is in the house. So she actually gets... Tried for being an accessory to all these murders we're going to talk about. And she was that's found not guilty. Sad.
2: Okay, let's But good. you got to
0: understand, she she wasn't a battered wife. In fact, he loved her to death. He was just a really fucking strange dude. Jerry Brutos was born in South Dakota, January 31st, 1931, or 1939. He had one brother, Larry, older brother. Now, here's where the mother comes into play. The mother wanted a daughter and instead had Jerry. The mother didn't even try to hide it. She just didn't care about him. You know what I'm saying? Mm. She showered his other brother, Larry, the older brother, with all kinds of gifts and loves. And in fact, when Jerry got out of the military, because he was honorably discharged because he had some psychological problems, he came back to live with mom and... Larry is in his old room, and Jerry, the guy we're talking about, is out in the shed. He's out in this cold-ass shed because his his mom doesn't care about him at all. The financials in the house growing up was, you know, we're ending on the Great Depression here. His dad was a farmer. He also worked little jobs in town. He wasn't a very good farmer. They struggled, okay? They weren't poor, poor. But there were some nights they didn't eat.
2: Was he abused by his mother or was it more just emotional?
0: His dad didn't really abuse him or was an alcoholic or anything. But his mother berated him. Not abused like beating the shit out of him. Verbal abuse. And it was bad, too. When Jerry Brudos was five years old, he was at a local junkyard. And he saw something... At the junkyard that would change his life forever. It would make a permanent shoes impact on his life. He found black high heel stiletto shoes. He brings these shoes home and he puts them on his feet. he's walking around click, 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 looking in the mirror. Look how sexy I am. You know, he's five years old. You know, he's like in that movie Um Silence of Lambs, where He takes his wiener and puts it behind his legs. Yeah. And he's, like, dancing with the cloth. Yeah. Yeah, you know. With that
2: one song that you played at that other, the Luca McNaught episode. You
0: want to fuck me. Okay. I'd fuck me.
2: (laughs) You know, there were two different songs that you played.
0: He's dancing around. His mother comes in. She flips her shit. He's dancing around these shoes, slapping his ass and stuff like that. She comes in berates the shit out of him, scolds them. She's like, you better throw them fucking shoes away right now. So he's like, okay, Mom. So what does he do? He hides the damn shoes. When she's not in the house, he wants to put them things on and get in the mirror and look how s- sexy.
1: He's five, though.
0: Yeah, he's five. <laughs> That's... Like, how does <laughs> that he even know? That's just story. fun,
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, kids like, do that. Like,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like he knew any better. It's not like he. Yeah, but this is the point that this is the point where it goes bad for him because his mother makes him feel like wearing those shoes was of the devil's work. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is the most wrong thing he could do, and he likes it. So now he's five years old and he wants to do it again, but he thinks that is the worst thing ever because the mother just completely just, and it's weird because growing up there, you know, Larry, the older brother would get showered with gifts and Jerry would get literally shit on, (laughs) you know, it's kind of sad, (laughs) but he hid those damn shoes and She walked in again a month later or whatever, and he's wearing them damn shoes again. She loses her shit again. She takes them outside, grabs him by the shoulder. You get out here right now. Throws them on the ground, rips them damn shoes off, throws them in the backyard, lighter fluid all over the shoes, match. She burns the shoes right in front of him. That burns in his mind that that is wrong. You know, also that burns into his mind that he fucking hates this woman. She treats him like shit. He takes his shoes, or he hates her. In the book, Anne Rule talks about his hatred for women, and I feel like Edmund Kemper is the same way. Go ahead. It's
2: interesting though that he has this like hatred hatred for women, but he loves wearing women's. I don't know. It just seems like an interesting dichotomy. Mm.
0: Good point. (laughs) I honestly didn't see the hatred for women. Now, I know Anne Rule said a lot in the book they were trying to justify his hatred for women, but I don't really think this, the killings were a hatred for women. And we'll get into his psych, psych, uh, psychology, but I just think he was a psychopath. He didn't really hate women. He just wanted to play with them like big dolls. But anyway, you'll definitely see this. This guy seems slow. He's not very intelligent. But I do want to point out he is a genius when it comes to electronics. He's an electrician. He's a genius with that one thing. But from what I read, he's, he's not very smart. And he's very unforgettable. In fact, the attorney, when he actually got caught... He's very forgettable. What no, I say? Not
1: unforgettable.
0: unforgettable. Oh, he's very unforgettable. Unforgettable? Unforgettable. Oh, he's very forgettable. Like, like, if, like you don't remember him or you do remember no him? No one remembers him. Oh, In so fact, he's for, he's the attorney... Forgettable. His attorney, when he got caught, you know, they were talking. And it was like, wait, we, like, sat by each other in grade school. They were actually in the same home class or whatever.
2: Weird. But they didn't
0: even know. And then when something like this happens, they go back and ask all the people in high school and grade school, you know, what was this guy like? And no one remembered him. He was a loner. He never talked to anyone. He just, huh. you know, it was just... In in school, with his head down, never talked to anyone, no friends, never made an impression, and even now, if you look at it, this story's not well known, uh, you know, as it could be. It ain't no Ted Bundy, you know. A lot of people don't even know this story. Did you guys ever heard of this story? No. There you go. He's very forgettable. All right. At sixteen years old, he had his first wet dream, and his mother found <laughs> wow <laughs> what.
2: That's well documented. <laughs> shit. No. I, know.
0: I was like eight.
2: Wow. <laughs> when he, wait, how old was he? 16. When he had his first. Do yeah. you remember your first one? No. But you said you were like eight, so it had to have been. He was that young level. as shit. Yeah. I mean, that seems old.
0: Yeah, it is very old. But the house he grew up in, his mother, sex was not talked about in the house. The whole high heels thing, here's what I kind of wanted to say. The mother, it wasn't so much about, oh, my God, my son's wearing high heels. It was high heels equals slut kind of image. The mother was would never dress up in public. She would never wear makeup, never wear high heels. So anyone that did wear that and wore makeup and stuff. Slewton. Was a slewton. Was a... <laughs> was for the a spine of welcome. the devil to tempt Adam with the apple. Which, that's fucked up that you guys did that. <laughs> you fucked everything up.
1: Um, you yeah. brought all this think, evil in this world. Were, I don't think you're recalling the story correctly. I do.
0: I, I was walking around butt-ass naked with my junk hanging out, and then Eve's like, hey, you want to try this apple? And I was like, ain't that that forbidden tree there? And she's like, no, this snake told me it was okay. And then it fucked everything up for everyone. You guys fucked everything up. (laughs) Shit. He has his wet dream. What happens? His mother's like, the birds and the bees, it's natural. You know, a man puts his penis inside the vagina. No, it wasn't anything like that. It was like, the birds and
2: the bees conversation's not quite like that.
0: He was like, you had this wet dream? is satan oh you are evil okay you need to take these sheets and wash them by hand don't use the fucking machine and not only that for nights he didn't sleep with any sheets i don't think they had a machine back then the mother made him sleep without sheets that's not nice sometimes he would wash the damn sheets by hand and she's like they ain't got time to dry And she would make him sleep on them when they're wet. Now, around this time, he started having some other fantasies.
1: Mm, Like murdering her fantasies?
0: Not so much her. He could really give a shit about her. But his fantasies were a little weird for a 16-year-old. All right, try this. Hmm. I wish I could dig a hidden tunnel in the side of a hill. And I could drag girls there in this hidden tunnel and just play with them like dolls.
1: (laughs) That's troubling. (laughs)
0: That's that's very troubling.
2: A little strange, a little strange. Here, there you go. Once he had her, he would make her do anything he wanted. He could picture it all clearly, Uh, but he ran into a problem when he tried to think what it was he wanted the captive girl to do. He still didn't know enough about sex to focus on intercourse on what intercourse was and he certainly didn't understand rape he only knew that the thought of a captive woman begging for mercy excited him
0: he was 16 at the time and think about it this guy as you'll see he built his tunnel it was in the side of a hill it was a basement yeah and later a garage but the tunnel did come to fruition boom that's another badass word words of friends Now, around this time, he also started to steal panties from the neighbors. Now, this kind of reminded me of old Colonel Russell Williams uh, stealing panties.
2: Oh, I love that episode. (laughs) If Only accessible if you're a Taco Supremo now.
0: Yeah, it's episode nine. And he would later tell a psychiatrist that when he was fondling the women's panties, Mm -hmm. he would get a, quote, funny feeling, end quote. The summer of 1955. He approaches this local girl. That was around when he was 16. Because the cops were getting wind that some, some asshole was going around this town and stealing all these women's panties. Of course, it was him that was doing this. Because he, he would sneak into these houses. He would just take the blinds off.
1: climbing in your windows, no, snatching your panties, panties
0: up. He would take these panties, and he would go home, and he had a trunk. Okay? a tr- Oh, you're just going to give it all to her. <laughs> give all that liquor to her.
2: Well, you didn't go I fast didn't enough. ask for he it. He
0: had a damn trunk. You know, a trunk. Yeah. And in the trunk was like panties and braziers and griddles and
1: all <laughs> kinds <girls>. of shit. <laughs> girdles, girdles. When you say griddle, I always think of Mick Girdles. I know.
2: Oh my God. I Gri- love girdles. So and,
0: no, I want pizza and, tonight. And slips. Oh, I was
2: going to say Taco Bell. Oh, yeah, or Taco slips. Bell. I'll
1: do that
0: too. Slips and. Girls and panties and brassiers. Oh and my! I'm just saying all these words. I have no idea what they are.
2: <laughs> Do they have spanks back then? Because
0: no. those are
1: also amazing. All
0: right, he goes to this girl's house. Only the girl. ones that
1: have pee holes in them,
0: though. Those. Oh, are the best. those
1: are clutch.
0: Remember, this guy is living on a farm. Remember that mm. because his dad's a farmer.
1: Right. All these. Is he like not in the picture though?
0: He all right. He is, but he doesn't really care about his sons you know
1: he's kind of like out in the fields working all day and the mother deals with them or he's
0: not really i didn't see where he was alcoholic or a bad Father, well bad father he's just that time period is just like work all day kind of father you know and the, the woman's in the kitchen and then the woman takes care of the kids it was that type of situation i mean this was 1939 when he was born so i think the father felt bad that the mother was berating the son and all this stuff. You know, but he didn't do anything. I mean, he's working all day trying to provide for his family, which he wasn't because farming in that time, most people weren't making anything. It was the end of the Great Depression. He goes to this local girl because she had her panties stolen. So did all the other local girls. And the police were actually out looking for this panty raider.
2: Cool
1: name. The panty, panty, panty raider. raider. Yeah,
0: that's my license plate on my car. Panty P- raider. P-N-T-Y-R-D-R. <laughs> Panty Raider. I'm going to
1: make you one like that. Raiders
0: of the Lost Panties. So he goes up to her, knocks on the door. I know what happened to your panties. And she's like, what? (laughs) How would you take them? He's like, no, just listen to me. I'm undercover right now. The cops have me on their roster to pretend that I'm a civilian and try to scope out and try to find the Panty Raider. So I'm actually part of the cops and I need you to come down to my barn where I actually got your panties back from the guy who stole them. And I need to, you know, ask you some questions. This is for the police thing because the police are using me as like their undercover guy. And it worked. She actually comes down to the barn. Come, she comes down to the farm. Now, parents aren't home at the time. This is fucking crazy if you want to know Jerry Brudos in a nutshell, this is the only story you need. So he leaves, goes back to his farm, goes in the house. She comes, knocks on the door. She comes inside. He's like, wait a minute, I'll be right back. He walks out of the room. Not even three minutes later, a man, obviously, <laughs> obviously him. <laughs> Comes back with a mask and says, come with me to the barn. And he has a, a knife. He's like, I'm going to cut you. Like a luchador I thinking, mask? I was thinking of a Halloween mask.
1: Oh, I was thinking like a luchador wrestling <laughs> I, I,
0: mask. <laughs> I think it is a luchador. It's like a ski mask kind of shit. but well,
1: luchador mask and ski mask are different. Yeah, it's a luchador mask. What's a mask? luchador mask? Like the wrestling guys, yeah. the Mexican oh, wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like Nacho Libre. A,
0: he's, All right, so he, he walks in with a luchador mask with a knife. That was obviously the same asshole. Okay. Coming to me with the barn. I got this knife and I'll cut you. She goes into the barn and he tells her to strip. And then he pulls out a camera, one of those little, at the time, it was not disposable. I guess, you know, old camera with the old rolls in it. Uh huh. Makes her take a bunch of photos, all kinds of seductive photos for about an hour. As soon as he finished the roll, he walks out says "Stay right here. Don't you fucking move or I'll cut you." Jerry Brutos walks back in without a mask and this is what he said. "Hey, are you okay?" This is his oh, exact quote. I can't. I'm cringing. I I was out in the barn and someone and somebody came along. I couldn't see who it was and he locked me in there. What? I just managed to break out. Did you see anyone around here? <laughs> Thing, bro <laughs> it's like you <laughs> dude wow he, he tried and she she didn't she, believe it no she didn't believe it i mean i was obvious dude i mean this dude he's very tall kind of pudgy like there's no one that locked in there's the barn no and change, fucking really no in
2: clothes other than the mask yeah <laughs> she
0: she said she kind of went along with it like okay no i didn't see anyone can you just take me home so yeah, she goes to the was police smart. and is like, this dude <laughs> is fucked up. Think about it. I mean, you mean, he leaves, comes in with a mask, do what I say. And then he walks out, and a minute later he comes back in. That's like in a fucking cartoon.
2: Yeah, it's strange Holy that like not shit. making that mental connection.
0: No, it's so fucking weird. So that story right there really sums up this guy. This is what she tells the police.
2: Later, his victim told police, I knew who it was all the time. I wasn't fooled by that mask and his phony story about being locked in the barn, but I was afraid of him. I was scared if I told he would find out and he would kill me.
0: Nothing happened. He got off scot-free. How? And not only that, but this is when he starts to think he's smarter than the cops. But you can see how he's smarter than the cops. He's not. No, he's not. He's well, just... he got off
2: scot-free, <laughs> so he's a little bit smarter.
0: I think they were just feeling bad for him. Why? He's, they thought he was slow.
2: They felt... I'm sorry. You don't feel not bad feel for someone bad who committed for him. a fucking crime.
0: I know. Not feel bad for him, but...
2: You know what I'm saying.
1: They probably felt he was harmless. But the whole time... it's not really harmless. No, it's not. Time, I'm just saying if they thought the times, that he was... Maybe. Yeah.
0: In this whole story, I'm going to tell you guys... I promise you, he thinks that he is smarter than the police. Okay, but he's not. Good for you, buddy. All right. April 1956, he roused a 17-year-old girl into his car for a ride. If She wanted to go somewhere. He was like, I can take you. Immediately, he starts talking to her like they're on a date. This is just some random stranger wanting to get a ride. And he starts talking to her. Do you believe her. in fate? No, he's just like, you know, I can't wait to... Build a life with you. All this oh, stuff is well, really you weird. You don't say
2: that on a first date. No, it's,
0: but this isn't a Even date. I it's know like that. She, he God. just picked up this random girl to take her across town, and he's talking like they know each other and they're dating. He really freaks her out. He drives to an abandoned farmhouse. Okay, now she is scared as shit. He pulls her out of the car and starts beating the shit out of her. Just in the face, just punching her right in the face as hard as he can. And he's a big dude, big kid. Yeah. And he's trying to force her to strip and all this stuff. Luckily, she's screaming bloody damn murder. Now, they're in this abandoned-ass farm road way down the... She just wanted a damn ride to her friend's house. And now she's way down this country road getting beat by this random dude. Trying to make her strip. He's got a camera on him because he wants pictures. Luckily, this old-ass couple stops by. The guy, the old man comes running over there. Hey, would you do? stop that? You stop that right now. What are you doing? What he says. And this is what he says She fell out of the car, he
1: explained, reaching out to help this sobbing girl up. She's just hysterical because it scared her.
0: This girl was screaming. She, she could barely even talk because her mouth was, her jaw was broken. But once she got her composure, say, This guy is going to kill me. There's some random uh, guy. OK, so then he immediately changes the story. And this is what he says.
1: Well, actually, what happened was that, that some weirdo attacked her. I came driving by and I stopped to help. She was fighting him off when I came up and he took off through the fields
0: over there. So she's sitting right there. Now he's telling this old man some weirdo came and attacked her. And she's like, no, he's beating me up. This is how fucking crazy this guy is. Can I ask a question? Yeah. And I this
2: might be because I'm too tipsy. Did this stuff happen before the encyclopedia? Yeah, this is
0: way before. Okay, so this is leading up to the murder. Yeah. The police, obviously they arrest him. They go to his home, his farm in Oregon, look through his stuff. They find a cache of women's clothing and shoes. Lots of shoes. I'm talking about, like, 40 different pairs of stilettos. So they commit them to the Oregon State Hospital. Do you guys know what the Oregon State Hospital is? Have like you a ever... mental facility? Well, yeah, yeah. But have you ever seen uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? No, I have not. It's <sighs> on my list. Yeah. It was in the box. With Jack Nicholson? Yeah. It was in the box. Some movies that we recorded. What going. a great movie. That is the same hospital he was staying in. Uh, kind of interesting. Little tidbit for you there, Sarah. The doctors were trying to find a diagnosis for this guy. He's obviously something wrong with him. All right. Now, this is what, if you want to read this, Nicole, this is what the doctor said.
2: Doctors were a little puzzled searching for a diagnosis. One psychiatrist wrote on April 16th, 1956, The boy does not appear to be grossly mentally ill. He comes shyly into the interview situation and sits down in a dejected fashion to talk with great embarrassment about his difficulty. It is difficult for him to form any relationship with the examining physician, although he does warm up slightly through the course of the interview intellectually he is functioning well within the limits of his educational background his insight and judgment are questionable he feels that there must be something the matter with him and he hopes that he'll be able to find something out and have it cured here
0: well he did get cured and this story is over no he spent nine months in that hospital at the same time going to his classes in high school Hmm. coming back
1: like bust, bust him back and forth
0: yeah Nine months later, they released him with a recommendation. Grow up. That was a
2: recommendation. Huh. Wow. Great advice, guys. <laughs> you totally cured him, and he was no harm to other people.
0: The provisional diagnosis the of Jerry Brutos was, quote, adjustment reaction of adolescence with sexual deviation and fetish, fetishism fetishism. fetishism, fetishism, fetishism. I think this is the first fetish story we've done. I'm talking about real fetish. Like, he didn't kill because he was a sexual predator. He killed because you were wearing these high heels, and he wanted them. He wanted them high heels. In fact, everyone that's died in the story was wearing some type of sexy lingerie, high heels, or whatever. All righty then. Now, Jerry Brudos graduated 142 out of 202 in his class with a whopping grade point average of 2.1. On March 9th, 1959, he joined the U.S. <sighs> Army, and he was discharged literally like a year later because, and I, I was reading this in the book, he started having hallucinations of a Korean girl trying to climb in his bed, which huh. I wanted to say, if you're at Fort Bragg, those aren't hallucinations.
2: <laughs> Care to elaborate? Going down
0: to the Asian Odyssey down on uh, Bragg Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. October 15th, 1959, uh, 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 he was discharged because my of dad his was at Fort Bragg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: pretty sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, no.
0: He discharged from the army October 15th, 1959, where he went back to his mama's house and slept in the shed. When he was around 20 to 21, he followed a woman home. Now, he was going nowhere in life. But the thing about Jerry Brudos... When it comes to electrician, electricity, fucking brilliant. You talk about nodes and binodes and trinodes and magnetic fields and Tesla and Michael Faraday. Ooh, I know my science. Anyway, he could talk about that shit all day long. Smart as shit. Smart as the Wiccans. When he's 20 to 21 years old, he follows a woman home. The first time that he actually advanced his sexual motives if you will for his shoe fetish she's got bright red shoes she's walking into apartment unlocks the door he's right behind her
2: there was this one girl important back a couple of years ago maybe 1967 she lived on on southeast pine street i was working on keiko osborne electric company then and i was just driving around one day and i saw her she was wearing a pair of high-heeled shoes I guess I fell in love with her shoes. I started following her and I noted the address of the apartment where she lived. I went back later. Maybe it was early in the morning. It was dark. I didn't want her. I wanted her shoes. I took, the window- I took off the window screen. It was already loose. I was only trying to get her shoes when she woke up and started to move. I had to choke her so she couldn't see me. She was wearing a two-piece pajama outfit. I unbuttoned the top and took off the bottoms and had sex with her. She was okay. She woke up when I finished, and I grabbed three pairs of her shoes and a black bra and left.
0: He's just a shoe man. Dude, he would love, like, (laughs) Zappos.com. He'd be fucking on there all the time.
2: Wrong generation, man. He
0: would just go—the thing about it, man, he would follow these women— For hours, because they're wearing these red shoes or these lacy shoes or whatever. And then when he finds the right opportunity, you know, the woman, at first, you know, thought she was going to get raped and murdered. And eventually that happens. But she gets choked out, beat on a little bit, and then her shoes are gone. It's like, what the fucking shit? You know, it's weird. We've never covered anyone that... Would do would just try to rip shoes off people. It's do really we have weird.
2: pictures of his collection?
0: Um There's very few pictures out there, but I'm putting them all on talkmer.com. That is talkmer.com. I do have a picture of Mr. Jerry Brudos in his garb, laying on the bed. Yeah, <laughs> he looks he looks a lot like Louis C.K. <laughs> so if you want to see Louis C.K. and like. Undergarments and griddles and you gotta fucking girdles. Talk, uh, girdles! <laughs> he gets his degree in electronics. Also,
2: no. I don't want to see Louis C.K. like
1: that.
0: He gets a full degree in electronics. And actually, he's got a first-class FCC oh. license, which means he could work with any TV, with any radio station on the planet. That is one of those titles that only the highest up get. The best of the best. You got to be best of the best. the thing about Jerry Brewers is he can never hold a damn job probably because he's fucking weird as shit yeah he's brilliant when it comes to electronics but he's fucking weird one employer of his recalls quote but he also recalls him as the most brilliant electronically oriented mind I've ever seen there wasn't anything he didn't know about electricity and circuitry the next victim we're talking about is Karen Sprinker an 18 year old She was abducted in broad daylight at an apartment store May 1968.
1: Was she in the shoe department?
0: He liked her outfit. She was at the mall. He approached her with a gun. Now, the gun wasn't even real at the time, but she thought it was. He took her back to his garage. Now, this is when he moved from the basement because they actually moved houses, and now he's got his own garage, which is... Way better. It's like a detached garage. So this
2: is after his first killing. After his
0: first killing. I mean, this was like seven or eight months later. So he had what they call a cooling off period, which usually serial killers go through. They kill once and then they take a few months off or whatever, however long they need. But then it always accelerates. They'll kill another and then the cooling off period will get quicker and quicker and quicker. This is some advice that I pulled from the book that want to throw out there there's a lot of victims here that resisted Jerry Brudos because he he went up in broad daylight and tried to abduct these women and you're going to hear one story where this woman screamed bloody fucking murder bit his thumb and everything else and she got away so here's some advice that I pulled from the book this is from the detective that was on the case So many female victims made the mistake of thinking that reason can temper madness. The odds are always better if a woman screams and kicks and draws attention in a public place. This is from the detective now. This is very important. You guys listen to this for females. Oh, I'm listening. Mm -hmm. If a rapist or a kidnapper shows enough violence to approach a woman and attempt to take her away by force... There is every possibility that he will show no mercy at all when he gets his victims, when he gets his victim alone and in an isolated spot. Captivity and torture are the thrust of his aberration. Pity and compassion have no place in the makeup of a sexual criminal. So if this ever happens to you in public, that is very important, in public means You're at a mall, in a parking lot. You scream bloody fucking murder. There's two things that could happen to your favor. One, someone could hear you and come to your aid. Two, you'd freak the guy out and he'd run, which happened a lot in this case. Now, I'm not saying every killer has the same thought processes, but in every case where the victim refused to go, and there was even a 12 year old that he tried to kidnap. She refused to go, screaming bloody murder, ran. He leaves. Some advice I'm throwing out there, you know, take it or leave it. Okay, so this was the second victim. Forces her into her, his car, brings her back to his garage. Now, his family's home. Now, I do want to point out this one thing is very important. His wife, at the time, he's getting weirder and weirder and weirder. How so? And his wife is getting more detached. They're not having sex. Now, he loves her a lot. And she loves him. But she's starting to spend more time at her sister's house, our friend's house. He's getting more time alone.
2: Uh-huh. Which okay. is making him get weirder.
0: Exactly. This is all happening at the same time. He takes Karen back to the house and in the garage, makes her strip, starts taking pictures of her, stuff like that. Now, she's freaked out, and at the time, his family's in the house. His wife and his two kids are in the house while Karen's there in the garage. Okay, quote from Jerry Brutus. I tied her hands in back of her and told her I had to do that to keep her from going away. She said that wasn't necessary, but I couldn't trust her. Then I put a rope around her neck I had attached it to a come along. Do y'all know what a come along is? Like a leash? No, it's um all right, so it's like a hoist. So he's got a garage that he works on cars. You know, he does cars and stuff like that. And the hoist is used to lift up engines. So it's basically like a pulley system that's attached to the ceiling. Oh. And you you can pull down the Oh, um, like in
1: Grease Lightning.
0: You pull down the other side of it and whatever like that car engine That is attached to the other rope will rise up in the air. So it'd be suspended. So you can work on the engine in in the air. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? It's like a pulling system.
2: Yeah. But are the engines still in the car?
0: No. No, it's detached. (laughs) Okay. I gave the come along about three more pulls and it lifted her off the ground. She kicked a little and she died. Immediately. This is around dinner time. This girl just gets abducted from the mall. And in her mind, she's like, because this is why I read the advice earlier. In her mind, she's thinking the best way to get out of this is to do whatever he says. He says, don't scream. I don't scream. He says, come back to the garage. I come to the garage. He says, take my clothes off so we can take pictures. I do that. He says, put this noose around my neck. I do that. Eventually, she's hoisted up, hanged by her neck on this pulley system in the garage and the family is upstairs he's like fuck i gotta go eat dinner she is literally twitching around on this damn hoist dying being hung he goes eats dinner with his family with his wife and his you know his son and his young daughter he eats dinner with his family i Megan, you're so sweet. What did you learn in school today? I'm like, oh, you drew that for me? <laughs> I'll be right back, darling. I, I left something in the garage. I'll be right back. Quote, I went back out later and had sex with her. Then I cut off Never both mind. of her breasts to make plastic what? molds. To I make what? Plastic molds. I couldn't get the percentage of hardener right this time either. I dressed the girl up in her own cotton panties and the green sweater and skirt that she was wearing. But I used a wide bra instead of her own. I stuffed it with paper towels so it looked all right and she wouldn't bleed all in my car. Here's what happened. This girl gets abducted. The whole time she's like, this guy will let me go if I just play along with his crazy shit. She gets hoisted up literally and hung in the fucking garage. He goes up and eats dinner and talks to his daughter and his son about what they learned at school the day. He goes back outside, has sex with the dead body, because she's dead. While he was eating his ravioli upstairs, she was try- grasping gasping for air. She's been dead. He goes outside and has sex with the dead body, making him a necrophiliac. Okay. Yeah. Then he takes both of her breasts and slits them off, cuts them off. To make plastic molds out of them. And he uses some sort of a hardener, like like a a clay Uh, gelatin, to make a mold of it. Then he takes another bra from his collection that was way too big for the girl to begin with. Plus, she didn't have any breast. And the reason I'm saying this is very important because the police didn't put out this when they found the body that she was wearing a black bra, but he knew because he put it on and he stuffed it with paper towels. The reason for that is because he didn't want her to bleed all over his car because she didn't have any breast anymore. So when the police find the body, which is in the river, they discover her wearing this black bra that's way too big for her, her frame, stuffed with paper towels. And no breast. And she's weighted down by an engine motor. A fucking motor of an engine was tied to her with copper wire and string to hold her to the bottom of the lake. This is the second kill. It only gets worse. Wow. <laughs> we're,
2: They're four, right? We're
0: stepping up. We're stepping up. What was the first kill? So we talked about...
2: The encyclopedia. He didn't even
0: say he had sex with her. He just cut off her foot. I mean, that's bad. Dressed the foot up, masturbated with the foot.
1: He's when, accelerated quite quickly. So he didn't take any... He didn't take the foot from this lady, though. He took her No, boobs. but he took
0: the boobs. Right. And not only fucking that, when the police finally raided this asshole's home, the breast, what he called paperweights, were on the mantle. Of the living room.
1: If I didn't want to clean this up, I would have dropped my drink in shock.
0: Which is why, another reason, they were like, well, the wife has to know. And think about your kids are walking around, and on top of the fireplace, what's that, Daddy? Oh, that's just a woman's boobs. Yeah. And the wife actually found one of the breasts before and asked him about it, and he said, no, it's just one of those molds that I made. A college kid wanted me to make it of his girlfriend, so, you know, he did the the mentions or whatever. It's a real breast. She didn't even know. None the wiser. She was literally holding a woman's breast that was hardened and made into a paperweight. (laughs) Fucking nuts. All right.
1: Ladies, hold your titties tight tonight. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Now, in the middle of this, he's had some failures, He's tried to adopt multiple women. Karen Sprinker, 19-year-old. She was a freshman at Oregon State University in Corvallis. Her father was a prominent veterinarian, and she actually was on her way to becoming a doctor. She never—she was going to meet her mother that day for lunch, and she never made that. She was abducted in broad daylight. When they found the body, Karen Sprinker had been fully clothed when she was discovered. In the Long Tom River, that's what the river is called. This is from the book, Lust Killer. She wore a green skirt and sweater that her mother had described on the missing persons report. She wore cotton panties, but surprisingly, the simple cotton bra she usually wore had been replaced by a waist-length black bra that was far too big for her. The bra could not have been hers. Karen's bra size was a 34A or B, and this long-line black bra had to be at least a 38D. As the detective removed the brazier, sodden lumps of brown paper towel dropped out. Karen had no breast. Her killer had removed them after death. Then, and then he had fashioned the illusion of breast by stuffing the cups of the black brazier with wadded paper towels. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Let me talk about a victim that didn't go with Jerry Brudos and got away. This was Sharon Wood. It was in a parking lot, just like all the other ones. He would go in these parking lots in the mall at fucking literally noon when there were people around and we would try to abduct people. He approaches this. He approaches Sharon Wood with a gun. Same thing. Come with me or I'll shoot you. Brutus grabs her and throws her on the ground and literally starts beating her and trying to drag her into his car. So she's thinking she's about to get raped. Now, He's got his hands on her hair, trying to literally pull her into his car. This is in the parking lot. His hands were in her hair, dragging her. Mm. He starts to beat her head on the pavement. Just bow, bow. He's a big dude. And you'll hear later, he's a strong dude. A very strong dude. And the reason I say that is because when they started finding these bodies... They were all tied down with transmissions and motor heads and mm-hmm. all kinds of fucking big ass shit mm-hmm. and the detectives initially thought this has got to be more than one person ain't no one in in the fucking world can drag a three hundred pound engine block with a dead body on it it's like four hundred pounds and throw it off a bridge that's how strong he was, wow, so you take that strength he's very strong and bash her head down into the pavement. She's seeing stars. She's blacking out, but she's still screaming. His hands are trying to choke her and around her throat, and eventually the thumb of his hands gets near her mouth, and when he pushed her head against the ground one time, her jaw completely locked up, which bit his thumb, and when your jaw is locked up, you can't just unlock it. It's locked. So... She's got his fucking thumb in her mouth, and she can't even, if she wanted to, let it go because her jaw was locked up. So now he's trying to get away because she's about to bite his thumb off. He's trying to get away and run. Only then did her jaw relax when she began to lose consciousness from its muscle spasm, and her attacker pulled his thumb free. She saw him pick up his gun and run. How odd, she thought hazily. Once he became the captive, he acted scared to death. He was fighting to get away from me, and then she passed out. Hmm. She survived. Jan Whitney, a 23-year-old, she actually broke down on the I-5, and she was just on the side of the road, helpless, car didn't work. Jerry Brudos pulled up, said, I could fix your car for you, I could... Get in my car and we'll go to my garage. I got to get my tools. But don't worry, because my wife is home. My wife is home. So let me get my tools and then I'll go fix your car. So she actually agreed to go with him. They get to his house. He goes around the side to go in the garage to get his tools, from what she knows. And he comes back. He says, The door's locked. I, You know, my wife is supposed to be home probably any minute, so I just got to wait till she comes home so she can unlock the door. Now, his wife wasn't coming back for about an hour or two, and he knew that, so he had some time to do what he wanted to do. His wife was at friend's house, and he he did get in the house because he pulled out a leather strap, like a big postal strap, you know, big-ass leather, it was like that guitar strap up there, uh-huh. big-ass leather strap. But he told her that The house is locked. He sits behind the girl. This is weird. He sits in the back seat, like, behind the girl in the car. They're just waiting. She'll be here any minute, I promise. And she said, this is the personality of Jerry Bruto. It's very childish. I want to close my eyes right now, and I want to see if you can describe what it's like to tie a shoe. And I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to try to do it with my hands. That's how childish he is.
2: It's very just odd. like weird. Yeah, Just
0: very weird. And she's like, uh, OK, I guess there's nothing else to do. Quote, this is what he tells the detective. Quote, I got in my car and sat behind the girl. I said it was a funny thing to ask someone to close his eyes and try to explain how to tie a shoe, you know, without using your hands to show how when you can't see. Very weird. She looked at me and started using her hands. And I told her that that's not what I meant. That she had to turn her head around and look towards the front and tell me what to do without moving her hands. She turned around and she's saying, you take the right lace and you pass it over the left and underneath. And right then I took the mailman's leather strap I got from the house, made a big loop over her head and pulled it tight around her throat. Now, God, he's in the back seat. So she's right in the front. Uh-huh. He takes that damn big-ass leather strap, puts it right over her head. Yeah. And pulls back on her neck. Now, she's like, yeah, well, she's choking. This is where he is fucked. Does he right. start to tie a shoe? Then I open the rear car door. So he, he's choking her. She's like, I, I. he opens the door at the same time, still holding the strap with his left hand. He opens the rear car door and put my end of the strap through it and closed it. So now he doesn't have to hold a strap. She's being choked. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's in the front. The strap's over. Her. He gets out. He slams the door with the strap hanging out. So now it's like hands free. She's choking to death. And he doesn't have to hold the strap. It's really weird. She pulled back and bent backwards over the seat. The detective asked, was she dead then? He said she didn't move. She couldn't move. I went in the house to check to be sure my wife wasn't home, and she wasn't. I went back to the car, and she was dead. I turned her around on the seat and had sex with her body from the rear. She's dead, but she's not going to be disposed of for a few days.
2: You would like to dress her up and put some shoes on her.
0: The detective asked, well, what then? Because once he gets arrested, he just comes clean, and just tells everything. So what would you do then with the body? Well, I took her into the workshop, and later I had sex with her again. I dressed her up in some of my clothes, and I took pictures of her. I have a hook in the workshop, the one that the pulley we were talking about, and I hoisted her up on the rope. The detective asked, well, you couldn't keep her there forever. No. I left her hanging there each day, And after work, I would go out there and dress her up and then have sex with her. I was not sure what to do with her. I wanted something, something to keep. I thought I could make paperweights out of her breast. I cut off her right breast and I was going to make a plastic mold. And then I could make lead paperweights. I skinned out the breast and stretched the skin over a sawdust mound. And then I tacked the edges onto a board. I used plastic to make a mold. But it didn't work. I added too much hardener. And it didn't turn out like I wanted.
2: Waste of a breast.
0: Now, the crazy thing is about this murder with Jan Whitney is the body wasn't only just hanging up for a few days. He actually takes his whole fucking family, his wife, his daughter, and his son on vacation while she is hoisted up. Hanging from the damn ceiling like some Silence of the Lambs shit.
1: Oh, yeah, hoisted I know. I'm, li- I'm thinking about this that This reminds movie.
0: me of Israel Keys. Yeah. She is hoisted up from the ceiling. He takes his whole family on family vacation. Jerry Brudos is a great dad. He's not beating his wife and ki- kids. They love him. His wife loves yeah, well,
2: him. Well, she's spending a lot of time with her sister. Instead. Well, yeah,
0: but that's just because he's really weird. He says, you guys almost caught me with the Jan Whitney one. And when the detective's like, why, you know.
2: The wife and I went to Portland around Thanksgiving, and I left the girl hanging in my shop. Some guy drove out his car into my garage and left a hole in it. The police came out, and they wanted to get into the garage, but it was locked. That was close. When I got home, I found their card, and so I took the girl out of the workshop and put her in a pump in the house in the backyard and covered her with a sheet of plastic. Then I called the cops, and they came and checked out my workshop. They never suspected anything, and there was this wide open hole in there. If they had shown a light in, they maybe could have seen her hanging there.
0: When he was on family vacation, you know, it's Portland, Oregon. Like snow on the ground, I imagine. Cold. Rain. Some old geezer and his wife going out to Sonic to get a strawberry limeade. And he's putzing along in his old mobile. And he skids out the road. And crashes right into Jerry Brudos' garage.
2: That's luck.
0: Leaving a big-ass hole in the damn garage. And Jerry Brudos and his family wasn't there. And the cops came there. They get out with their flashlights, and they looked into the garage. And they later say that they just saw some kids' clothing and stuff, you know, toys. Uh, stuffed bear. If they would have just shown the flashlight a little bit to the right, they would have seen a hoisted body. Linda Saley, the last one to get murdered. Now, you see the progression. I went from masked boy taking pictures to raping, stealing shoes, to murdering, cutting foots off, and now to hoisting up and cutting off breasts. This guy ain't stopping, and he's stepping up. He's escalating, and they got to catch this asshole quick. You know what I'm saying? This is fucking nuts. It's out of control. Linda Saley, shopping mall. He comes up to her with a fake police badge. He just bought it right at Spencer's. Spencer's Gifts right there. Bought a little police bag. She has a bunch of presents, birthday presents she bought for her boyfriend. I man. she can't even hardly get into her car. Because they're all in her arms. She's walking, presses the key thing. They didn't have those. Yeah. She's walking to her car. He comes up with a damn badge. And he says, listen, I'm not saying that it was you, but there's been some shoplifters around here. I need you to come with me down to the police station. Is that remind you of anyone? Ted Bundy. Ted, mother shitting Bundy did the same thing. I need you to come with me to the police station.
2: Also, John Wayne Gacy with his little fake badge. Yeah, yeah.
0: but I'm talking about the the mall badge shoplifting yeah. police station exactly. So she says, "Well, I got all the receipts." You know? It's interesting because this
1: happens before Bundy, right? This is on the timeline. Yeah. So I wonder if Bundy heard about this. I
0: doubt it. No one has really heard about this guy. Oh, maybe, because buddy well, was from around, Washington. yeah. Oh, uh, maybe.
2: Well, yeah, small town. I-5. Why are um, I-5 killers out there?
0: So he took her back to the garage. No, he tied her up because, shit. Fuck, I mean, just the timing's kind of shitty. I'm just going to tie you up right quick because, you know, dinner's ready. And my wife calling me. I got to go eat dinner. You know, I got kids. Womp, womp. Now, here's the thing about Linda Saley, and, I, and you can't blame anyone for this, but... In the book, The Lust Killer, they were talking about it. You know when a mouse comes close to a cat and the cat sees the mouse and he's about to die? No. And the the mouse just freezes up and the intense fear and indecision just paralyzes him?
1: No, but it sounds similar to a deer in the headlights or roadkill or like a Uh, squirrel when they're in the middle of the road and can't decide what to do.
0: So he just paralyzed with fear. That's what happened to Linda Saley, which is why I read that advice earlier about screaming bloody fucking murder, because Linda Saley readily went along. And even as she was being driven all the way, I mean, I'm talking about 30, 45 minutes back to his home way past the police station. She just kept her head forward and silent like she was terrified, frozen with fear. And they were saying the best way to improve your odds of survival is don't get into that stage. don't be frozen with fear, which I know is a lot It's hard to you can't really tell someone not to be frozen with fear, but I mean, same in the military, I've seen it. I've seen it quite a few times. We'd be getting fucking plowed down these bullets everywhere, and these guys, special forces guys, would just freeze up. I'm like, shoot, motherfucker, shoot. It's like, fuck, they ain't doing shit. I've seen that a few times. I know what it's like. They just, they're so so indecisive. They're so, you know, afraid. They're just in shock. She was in shock the whole time. So just keep that in mind because it's really important. I'm going to tie you up right quick, okay? And then, you know, my wife, she's got pork roast tonight. She's yelling, you hear her? Just stay right here. He comes back down there. She's untied. She had untied herself. Good. But she didn't go anywhere. She stayed. Because she was frozen in fear. He goes back to the garage and he's shocked. Sees her untied like, oh. okay, I just got to tie you up right quick. I'm just going to take pictures. I'm just going to tie you up so you won't leave. She tried to protest and don't tie me up. I'm fine. I'm not going to leave. Quote, I got the leather strap out, the postal strap that I used on the women from the freeway, and I put it around her neck and I I pulled her off her feet with the hoist. She was a little woman, short and light. She turned around, kind of, and she said, why are you doing this to me? I pulled the strap tighter and she went limp. I put her on the floor and got on top of her. I think I was inside her when she died.
2: Oh, oh—that's gross
0: now this is this is the last murder so how do get caught think about this murder compared to what could have been if the detectives and i i know we're running out of time but the detectives were very crafty on catching this guy very crafty i'll talk a little bit about it i hung her up by her neck from the hook in the ceiling where i'd hung the others i had this experiment i wanted to try using electricity remember he's an electrician
1: like frankenstein experiment
0: once i had her up on the hook i took her clothes off having the hook there made dressing and undressing them easier i took these two hypodermic needles and i stuck them on each side of her rib cage and then i had electric leads attached to the needles then I plugged in the leads to see what she would do, if she would dance or what. It didn't work. It just burned her. The detectives asked Brudos how long he kept her. About one day and one night, I raped her again, but I didn't like her body. Her breasts were all pink. The nipples weren't dark like they should be. They just all blended together. I didn't cut them off because they didn't appeal to me. I made some circular paper cones and put them over the breast to make plastic molds, but the epoxy set up too hot and didn't work. I wasn't able to get a really perfect mold for many of them. When you salt a breast down and dry it, it shrinks to about a third of its normal size. I'm sure there's a way to do it, you know, that will work. I just, I just couldn't figure it out. Couldn't
2: get the science down. No,
0: the re- the reason I'm reading it like that. Is because he's telling it like that. He's not distraught, crying. I'm a monster. He's just like, you know, I couldn't get the epoxy to work. You know, the breast. You know, they're, they're they're so pink. I they wouldn't work. They're too small. You know, they shrink. I mean, that's how he's talking to these police. Yeah. He is a psychopath. That is what a psychopath is. You know, a void of emotion, no empathy for any other human. Just trying to get what he wants. So and I uh didn't talk about really how he was caught but let me just go into it briefly. At the time he started to do something really weird. He he had this weird college trick where he would call the co- the university and ask to speak to Sarah or Mary or Janet. One of these names that everyone has. Mm-hmm. And usually someone would come to the damn phone. And then he would say, I'm a Vietnam vet. You know, I'm just trying to find companionship. Now, he's married. I mean, this is is really weird. Some women, I mean, it was a numbers game, would actually go out with him. Now, he didn't kill anyone from this, but the detectives went to the university because a lot of the victims were university students. And that's the commonality they saw. They saw this one weird-ass fucking dude. Called here and was talking to me, and and a lot of people said that. Hmm. So, they actually got one of the girls she was talking to. The police told her to when he goes to meet her to set up a date, because they would do this like Coke lounge thing where they would go sit in the lounge and talk. Like, he would do this to these girls and have a Coke or what. He was really weird. She told the police that she would tell them if they made a date, and she did that's when the police confronted him found out he was an electrician and then they went through his garage because he let him and stuff like that and they started to piece it all together they had a full confession and everything but very eerie i read he was he took a lot of pictures and one of the girls i think it was jan if i'm not mistaken he hoisted up and she was already dead he put a mirror on the floor and i got a picture of this is very creepy and he would take pictures of the mirror to look up at the crotch area and in one of the pictures you could see his face and oh. and the, the really eerie thing is i'm gonna read this is from the book in the lower corner of the photo which i'll put on talk mirror, there was a frozen image of a killer caught unawares in the mirror Brutos had photographed himself as he focused on the body of his victim capturing his own lust-filled slack face. He would not have dared to keep such a picture, but he had apparently lost track of this one last print when it slipped behind the workbench.
1: Huh. Wow.
0: It was, this is fucking nuts. It was as if an unseen hand had secreted it there so that justice would be done. Now, this is the creepy part. The monster had photographed himself at the apex of his madness. Huh? The picture is fucking creepy.
2: Wow. On June 4th,
0: 1969, now he's 30 years old at the time, he was arraigned for the murder of Karen Sprinker. He pleads not guilty by reason of insanity. He was ruled sane by seven different psychiatrists. And on June 27th, 1969, he was charged with three counts of first degree murder Now, he got life sentences for all of them, but with the possibility of parole. He actually tried to parole a lot of times until the parole board said, no more. You're not getting out. You're staying here for the rest of your life. Good. Last time he went up for parole was 1999, and he actually died in 2005, I believe, from liver cancer uh, in the Oregon State Penitentiary. Darcy was put on trial for assisting the ki- assisting her husband, I guess, but she was ultimately found not guilty. So that's him. He basically murdered girls for their shoes and then threw them off the bridge tied to auto parts, transmissions, engine heads, all kinds of shit. He had a wife, two kids, and although she thought he was a weirdo, never put it together that he was murdering these girls, you know, and... He he had thought he was smart. He thought he was he thought he was actually outsmarting the cops. And if you read the book, the lust killer, you'll see that. But honestly, I I just feel like he just he's got a, the mind of a child. He never really grew up, you could tell. Seven doctors confirmed that he knew what he was doing. Good. He's just he's just a monster. I I guess yes, yeah, he a is. monster, yeah. All right. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this episode, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to slash join. Become a talker spread. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research is dedicated to you on Talk More to me podcast. My name is John here with Jenna and Quote. Until next time, I love you guys and good night. And I'll see you next time. Our next episode will be the live show here in Charleston. If you are in the southeastern area, we still have tickets for Asheville and Charlotte. So be sure to, to grab those tickets right now. You I mean people are like, fuck, did I just hear that? <laughs> I will say there was,
2: there was one person at work when I was prepping for all like the horribleness that I was going through today. She was like, by the way, I listened to your podcast and it is
1: amazing. <laughs> Which episode
0: did she listen to? <laughs> she
2: was like, I'm not all caught up, but she was like listening to like some of the most recent ones, so she wants to go back and listen to them, but she's like it She's a is... binger. That's like We know. get so many
0: messages. We get all these messages from um uh, fans. They're like I am caught up now and we're like, fuck, you just listen to every one wow. of those. Wow. You tolerated Holy us shit. for
2: that long?
0: We're gonna start giving out certificates.
2: <laughs> and we and we do have for our Taco Supremos our very first episode. Remember
0: you remember we tried to listen to the episodes and we were driving like to Boston? And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> Did
2: we? Was I asleep during that part?